Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss the ongoing shift into pipeline stocks. The Illyrian MLP index peaked on August the 29th, 2014. I feel like I have some of these numbers tattooed on my hand. Over the next 18 months, that index fell 58.2%, more than during the financial crisis of 2008, before finally bottoming in February of 2016. Even since then, rallies have been fitful. And while the S&P 500 has made many new highs, midstream energy infrastructure has remained out of favor. As recently as two weeks ago, the Alarian MLP index was still 45% of its highs of 2014. And yet a quiet rally has been taking place. MLPs have been losing bias, but broad midstream energy infrastructure is having a pretty good year. Our American Energy Independence Index is up almost 20% for the year, as is the ETF that tracks it. Not as much as the S&P 500, but by most standards, a pretty good year. Since the end of November, MLPs have rallied 8%. They're up 4% in the past four days. The good news is that values remain so depressed that there's plenty of upside remaining. One example we especially like is to compare the long-term bond yields of certain companies with the dividend yields on the same company's stock. There's a strong case that stocks are cheap because interest rates are low. The S&P 500's P ratio of around 18 may be historically high, but 10-year treasury yields of around 1.9% are even more of an historical outlier. Put another way, if stocks are cheap, bonds must be expensive. For pipeline companies, there are some amazing examples of investors choosing long-term bonds that yield less than the equity of the same company. And these are not just short-term securities either. These are bonds with maturities of 30 years or more. Yes, of course, bondholders sit higher up in the capital structure than equity holders. But listen to some of these examples. Take Enbridge, almost an $80 billion market cap company based in Canada. They have 30-year bonds outstanding that yield 3.7%. So bond buyers obviously don't see too much risk for Enbridge over the next 30 years. But the dividend on their stock is 6.3%. Think about that, a 3.7% bond yield versus a 6.3% dividend yield. And that dividend is going to grow. Next year, Enbridge has said they're going to raise their dividend by at least 8%. Or take another big company, Enterprise Products, $60 billion market cap. They have 35-year bonds that yield 4% their stock pays a dividend of 6.2%. Bond investors are willing to invest in enterprise products for 35 years at 4%. Why wouldn't they buy the equity yielding more than 2% above the bond yields with the high likelihood of growing dividends over time? We looked at the top 10 companies in our American Energy Independence Index weighted by market cap. 
The average dividend yield is 5.8%. The average bond yield on long-term debt is 4.3%. The stocks yield 1.5% more than the bonds. Some of this is caused by rigid investment mandates, forcing some bond buyers to stay with their asset class, regardless of whether values are no longer there. But individual investors are not stuck with such inflexible rules. You can use your judgment. This comparison of bond deals with dividend deals highlights that there are solid companies whose equity is cheap. The tone of conversations with investors has noticeably changed in recent weeks. A month ago, people were wondering if the sector would ever recover. Has midstream energy infrastructure completely lost its sponsorship? Or is it ever going to go up again? Investors were tired of missing out on the strength in broader equity markets. Energy overall shrank to 4% of the S&P 500, and people wondered if it would ever come back. We have many friends who are clients. One friend in particular has, for the past couple of years, come to us for tax losses on his MLP account to offset gains elsewhere. As he says when calling me, Simon, I need some tax losses, and I know exactly where to go to find them. As I pointed out to him, although we like to make our clients happy, this is not the kind of high quality service we try to offer. This year, my friend has not called me for tax losses because happily we can't oblige him because the sector has been going up. We did see some tax loss selling in November, but that seems to have abated. The January effect, which historically has been quite pronounced, looks as if it's taking place again. November is historically the best time to invest in the sector before a nice bump in January. Sentiment is starting to turn, but the good news is that valuations are utterly compelling for the biggest midstream energy infrastructure stocks, a lot of which are corporations. Yields on stocks are far higher than yields on bonds. This cannot be an opportunity that is going to persist forever. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos, and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Twitter, at Simon Lapp.